Welcome to the City Changers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. When was the last time you set foot in a municipal building? Most of us have to at least some point in our lives. But the truth is it's usually because we have something to complain about or something has gone wrong, which can sometimes make for a pretty negative view of city government. Kiel City Hall in Germany is just one example of the kind of building you've seen a hundred times. Complete with clock tower, the hall dates back to the early 19th century and it was designed to project power and authority, which are also the things that make it feel remote and uncaring. It's not a place many people would feel comfortable in. I'm uh, Sophie Mepurian. I am from Germany. Sophie works at the Anshar campus in Kiel, which is not located in a city building. In fact, it's a former military hospital that now operates as a creative hub. We work with artists, designers, small companies, NGOs that have their space here. And we try to do projects that make the world a little bit better <laughs> in the areas of sustainability, city development, yeah, and the transformation of society. And what you're hearing in the background is the result of her latest project, which just happens to be a world first. It's called the Tiny Rathaus, or in English, Tiny Town Hall. And the idea itself is simple. It's the first rolling town hall in the world, we like to say, before somebody else proves us wrong. By making city administration mobile, the tiny hall aims to bring city government out of those stuffy old buildings and back to the citizens. And with its own set of wheels, it can go anywhere a car can. The tiny version comes exactly as advertised. 9.5 square meters on the inside. So it's, it's small. And like a traditional hall, it's designed to be multifunctional. Both citizens and city departments can apply to use it for whatever they like, from providing city services and hosting community workshops simply facilitating better interactions between city officials and residents. The tiny art house was originally Sophie's idea, but the project is actually a co-production between her team and the city of Kiel, which is a story in itself. Collaborating with the city has been an education for a self-confessed creative like her, especially after working in an environment like that of the Anshar campus. I think working in a creative hub is great but it also it makes you work inside your bubble a lot. You have a self-narrative. And the self-narrative always says, oh, we are very creative. The other people, they are not as creative. At least initially, Sophie saw the other people, the non-creatives, as naturally including those who worked at the city. Because I had a lot of prejudice of people in administrations. They do the same thing always. They don't want to do new things. So when she walked into a meeting to pitch the tiny right house to the city for the first time, she didn't come with high hopes. I didn't actually expect them to say, yes, we do it. But they surprised me. They didn't say, yes, we do it. They said, we like the idea. Let's have the conversation. That conversation would lead to a concept, a prototype, and eventually the real thing. But as Sophie learnt, when you're working with public money, things take time and for good reason. In the beginning, she wanted to get started immediately. The idea is always to try it as fast as possible. So I said, okay, let's do some mapping. Let's go outside. This year, in 2020, I want to go out. I want to talk to some people. But the city were reluctant to test the concept publicly before it was fully formed. They were like, we cannot go outside as the city administration, put something in the streets. And if somebody asks, what is the tiny rathaus, we have to have an answer. We cannot go out 
and just say, it's the idea. Sophie learned an important lesson. That the administration is under huge pressure. Every step they do, they get criticized publicly, people get angry. The tone between the society as a whole and the administration is very harsh. As a compromise, they decided to prototype the concept within the city administration. We did an internal prototyping. We rented a mobile office and we just wrote on it, this is a tiny Rathaus. It was a physical space and they could touch it and they could talk about it. And the city employees, they got time paid for being there. So, you know, they didn't have to do it in their break. To develop the concept, Sophie and the city started with an open question. They wanted to hear from the city employees what the tiny rathouse could or should be, which was different to the way it's usually done. Ideally, Sophie and her team would have already known what the functions or the target group of the tiny rathouse were. Which is something that is expected of a proper project manager. But allowing others to shape the concept proved to be an inspired idea. You know, on an abstract level, you just draw a box and you say, what do you want to put inside of this box? And the box has some wheels. <laughs> but I think to say, you have the liberty to imagine what the space could be. It's not something I'm just telling you and actually I have the concept and it's done already and this is just pro forma. Uh, but I mean it, I take you seriously. It's very powerful. The response was positive, and Sophie was again surprised to learn that people inside City Hall weren't as unimaginative as she thought. There's a lot of creative people, and people had amazing ideas. A lot of people talked to me about things they had tried to do for years and years and years, and they were pushing to do it all the time. Some of them was a little bit annoyed because they're like, oh, does that mean that I have to be sitting in a tiny rathaus now? But then other people were like, but could we do this? And there was a broad range of ideas too. Sophie found herself talking to a woman from the city about, of all things, kindergartens. She told me that there's a big problem in the kindergartens, that they are not digitalized enough. When you, you don't have so much money, you can apply for a lower rate on the kindergarten. To do that, you have to fill out a form and then you have to bring it to the city administration. <laughs> Which can be difficult for a single parent. If you have not so much money, you have to work a lot and you don't have the time to go to the city administration in the morning and maybe even go twice to fix something. So what if the administration could come to you? For example, a tiny rathaus could come by and be there, and at the kindergarten, we do the forms, people leave it there, and it's done. And then they get a positive experience, because suddenly we come and help them where they are, and they don't need to come to us. The results of the internal prototyping were enough to convince three departments from Kiel's municipality to sign on to the project. And with a batch of funding, Sophie and her team were finally ready to take the concept to the public. The rented mobile office appeared at three locations around the city over a week. And the idea was again to collect a lot of ideas from, from the citizens. The conceptual tiny hall was staffed with a member of Sophie's team and a representative from one of the city departments. And from the get-go, it made an impression. Uh, it was quite funny because people immediately uh, thought that a tiny rathaus exists. People wanted to do their official documents with us. Of course, a lot of people wanted to make their passports in a tiny rathouse. <laughs> so everything that touches big city hall suddenly touched a small one. But it was quite exciting and 
really challenging <laughs> because you got immediately feedback from the whole city. Which led to the inevitable question. If you can't renew your passport there... What is the tiny rathaus? People would ask us, what's this nonsense? <laughs> and then we would ask them, what do you think the tiny rathaus is? <laughs> and it sounds like a really annoying question. <laughs> but actually, we got so many good ideas. They also got conflict. But it actually was not so bad, the conflict. It was more about being present, listening, having the conversation. And I think we got like a human connection. What amazed me was how quickly you would get into a conversation. So people stop to ask what it is and suddenly you're talking already. That's Anna. My name is Anna Tchikoski. Anna works for Creative City Kiel, a department dedicated to supporting creative initiatives in the city. In fact, she was in the meeting when Sophie first pitched her idea and her department has been part of the project from the beginning. It doesn't really matter where you are, in which part of town. Once the first hurdle has been overcome, stepping through the door, the interest is there, the need for exchange is there, and you're happy to get both good and critical feedback. Anna says the effect a simple change in the venue can have is huge for both parties. It's just completely different. Coming to each other as equals, in contrast to when someone comes into the city office. In your traditional town hall, meetings always take place in rooms. You're invited to them, but you have to get there first and have the courage to enter the office or the building. That means that you always have a certain clientele. If you stand on the sidewalk, you simply have the opportunity to reach other people. The beauty of the Tiny Right House concept is that it can provide a space to test ideas free from expectations. Expectations like nothing will change or no one will listen. And that's true for both sides. Citizens are given a voice where they didn't have one before, and the city is given the license to experiment, which is something Sophie says we need to get used to. I would love if we would give our administrations more liberty to try out some things and we maybe also trust them some more. We want innovation from our city governments. We want creative solutions. But how comfortable are we with letting them try something new, even if it means playing with taxpayer money or failing along the way? We are so afraid of failure. It's something I as a person struggle with. It's something my organization I work in will struggle with. And it's because we as a society don't let people experiment. Of course, there are limits to this especially for government. Maybe we shouldn't fail with big things like building a power plant or something. That's Annette. Another member of Kiel's creative city team. But I would say that on a small scale, when it comes to ideas for social interaction or public space, I think these are things you can work with very well. You can say, let's try that out. And let's do it together. As Inetta says, the tiny riot house is a big advertisement for city citizen cooperation. We're not just a registry office. The administration also shapes the city. The tiny Rathaus is a communication instrument for that message. We come to you because we're interested in what you think. We have a lot of smart people here, so let them join in. No longer a prototype, 
the Rolling Town Hall isn't showing any signs of slowing down. In its first season in 2022, the hall hosted more than 35 community events and initiatives, everything from dance workshops to a meet and greet with a national politician. And with season two underway, interest is growing. So now we have proof of concept. The idea is to say, okay, how can we scale this up? Because we would like to have a big tiny Rathaus family in the world. Maybe somebody calls it a citizen bus or somebody wants to have a participation office or whatever. It could have many names. But in, in my mind, in 10 years, there will be all kinds of models around. We are already in contact with some administrators. But yeah, I would really like to invite more people to join this journey and try it out themselves because it's really fun. That's all for this episode of the City Changes podcast. A big thank you to our guests. This podcast is an Urban Future production. It's written and produced by Mariano Trevino. I've been Carl Dickinson. Thanks for listening.